Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And filling in for Mark, I'm Dan. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, wait no. a second. I'm just back. Yeah, it was the Frank and Mark show for a little it bit. It really was. It? Boy. And he did a, he, he did a, a, a whiz-bang of a job. Yeah, absolutely. I can still smell the, the mustache residue on the microphone. <laughs> The special oils. (laughs) He's good. The the waxes. The various and sundry products (laughs) that one uses to maintain an epic mustache. Uh, yeah, uh, hey, thanks, Mark, for filling in for me. That was, uh, uh yeah. that was awesome and, and universally revered, I think, by, by all uh, of the people who wrote apparently. in. Apparently. Yeah. 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 So. It was a very good response. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. It's nice to hear. Nice to know that I'm not needed. Great. Thanks, guys. That was actually a lot of the feedback. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for making sure that I feel, uh, completely <laughs> not, not. I quickly deleted all those emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save your, save your little feelings. <laughs> They came through. They came through. Don't think I don't know. Anyway, no, let's see if I can not. remember how to it's do good, this it's thing. It's good to have you back, Dan. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I was uh, I was gone and and uh, you know, learning how to how to write. That was that was mm. part of the thing. I was mm-hmm. on a writing mm-hmm. workshop and wow. yeah. And then also just gallivanting. Mm. Did me a bit of gallivanting as one does around southern <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Anywho, uh, should we uh, should we do a a podcast here? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll start. Okay. Well, let's see if I can still tell a story on a show. <laughs> see if I can st- still got it. Oh boy, a little um, rusty, a little rusty. I'm going to shake hmm. off some of that rust uh, and and talk to you about a man, uh, a British man. Oh, 74 years young, living mm. in in the uh, in in Saudi Arabia. This is not going to go well. <laughs> Well, we we tend not to tell a lot of stories that go really well, so that's a that's a that's probably a given. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, Carl Andre, uh, a, a British fellow who living in in Saudi, he's lived there for twenty five years. Wow, um, it's home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, he he was uh, arrested oh, for a no. crime. Oh no! And that crime is wine. Delicious, delicious wine. Oh, that delicious crime of wine. Uh, you're not allowed to have alcohol in the Saudi yeah, Arabia. There's something about that, isn't which there? Which is uh, which is a thing, and uh, he had some, and that is not acceptable. Oh. And he has now been rotting in jail for <laughs> a year, uh, awaiting a sentence. A year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sitting there chilling, um, and now uh, the sentence uh, has come through. Here he faces. 350 lashes. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not really sure. What's up with these people? How lashes end up working out. Uh, is it with a whip? Is it with I a... I think so. A or is it a nine tails? Is it a caning? Well, it's lashes. I, that feels like it's a... Those are, those those are, are two different things. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, that's more a Singaporean sort of deal. Uh, the caning, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least the last time I heard about a caning, it was... In Singapore. In Singapore. Yeah. So, okay. They're strict. Uh, they're worried about him. Uh, he apparently has severe asthma and has, uh, <laughs> has suffered cancer thrice. Threefold oh times he has, uh, he has survived cancer. Oh, this poor uh, guy. So the British, uh, the, the British government is trying to get involved and trying to get this guy freed. But uh, boy... They take a couple wine, bottles of wine pretty serious over there in the Saudi. Yeah, I want... I, this... I never want to hear anybody complain about Utah's liquor laws ever again. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, you can't get a drink here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Go to Saudi Arabia. You're not going to get lashes. <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> and first of all, you can get a drink. Yeah, it's, here. it's pretty easy. Um, Frank's drunk right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I start early. <laughs> um, so there well, you that's, go. That's a, a tragic story. Yeah. I hope that works out for him. Yeah, well. We'll have to update us, Dan. It's well. already not worked out for him. Yeah, I guess that's It's true. too late for it to work out I for him. I guess I mean the, the not getting lashes yeah. part of the story. Because, you know what? I mean, you don't want to spend a year in jail. No. Never. But 
Or especially, I imagine Cor- once you add in corporal punishment. Yeah. Uh, I I imagine a Saudi jail is particularly uh, inhospitable. It just seems like it would that would be like the worst one. It could go either way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's in the. Uh, there might be some weird Islam Islamic thing about treating your prisoners well <laughs> i couldn't even say it yeah something tells me that the uh the kind of society that wants to offer lashes and cuts off hands and stuff is not going to be <laughs> doesn't invest much in their prison system it's not gonna, it's not gonna be yeah he's not uh, uh they don't they don't see it as an opportunity for reform <laughs> well it's just punishment they'll 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 reform him they'll uh Something tells me he, if he gets out of this alive, he's not going to be uh, yeah. smuggling much wine All right. after this. Anyway. Ugh. All right. Well, Dan, you've worked for tips in, at one point in your life, as have I. You talking about my stripper days? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we, Dan. Yes, we've both worked for tips. That has <laughs> happened on occasion. Um, all right. Well... A, a, a Domino's delivery driver mm. uh, in Ohio sure. um, w- was the surprise target of um, a church's stunt oh. um, to, where they, I watched the video because okay. they couldn't just do what they, what they did without videotaping it. Right. Um, they sort of shows up, just kind of wandering around with her little, her, her, her little delivery bag thing, right? Uh With the pizza in it. She's walking around and they ordered one pizza. (laughs) Okay. So it's, the tab was, uh, $5.99. Oh. So she's wandering around. She's out in the lobby. She gets sort of whisked into the, the, the sanctuary. Oh, sure. And, uh. Which is where you eat the pizza. Yeah. If you're in a church. And it's, it was one of those, um sort of newfangled band churches. Oh, oh. What, what, rock and roll those? church. It's a rock and roll church. Yeah. Sure. What do you call that? I don't know. Anyway, they, I call, uh, I, I call it awful. These non-denominational things. Sure. That they're, you don't like, don't like religion. Well, try us. Yeah. They're, they're, like, they're great for the, hey. the youth. Just love it. Yeah. The youth just go in for it. So she gets whisked into there and up to the front, up onto the stage and the pastor uh, explains that uh, they've been talking a lot about generos- generosity mm. this month. Uh, it's kind of been their theme. And he asks her, what, what's the biggest tip you've ever gotten? And she uh. responds, about $10. <laughs> uh, and uh, so he gives her $15. Ooh. And he says, uh, and he kind of goes, nah. That's your tip, but now we have a gift for you. Uh, and he gives her a wad of cash uh, in the amount of $1,046. Wow. So, yeah, generosity. It's a lovely gift. They were being nice, I guess. I mean, they were being nice. <laughs> sure. You can't. That's nice. It's nice. That's a nice thing. You just, yeah. you just really made this, uh, this delivery driver's day. Sure. Probably week, yeah. maybe month. Yeah. Right? Uh, but it was gross. <laughs> it was the whole thing was so gross to watch. Yeah. Uh, it was so self congratulatory, and it was the main problem is well, if they're making a video of it, they made they're, a video. They're like trying to go viral. Yeah. They're like trying to get publicity out of it. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. It's a publicity stunt. It's a total complete stunt, and I was just so bothered. I was bothered by when I when I read the headline because I was yeah. like, "This did not go well." Well, you know, in Saint Mark's Epistle to the uh, Ephesians or whatever, Saint Paul's Epistle to the something, it does say, "And and make thou then videos, therefore, <laughs> that thou mayest post them. that thou mayest send thy and message wide <laughs> unto the unto the world, the and repost them and and onto your friends." And encourage thou thy friends to, to like them. to like and or share. 
<laughs> so safe. Yeah. Here so, ended the lesson. I mean, I know in their minds they're uh, they're sort of delivering the good word. You yeah. Know? Hey, look look at what we did. You guys could do something similar. That's probably how they would defend themselves. Uh, I. It's it's the quiet generosity. It's the but it's doing not- it behind closed doors where where I think that's the lesson you want to teach. Yeah. You know? Like why do you have to like go and like make it this big deal and this big braggy opportunity? Well, there's also the sense of like a thousand dollars would feed a lot of homeless people. Yeah. For a bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it would like it could given to a good organization. You, that that thousand bucks stretches quite a bit further. Right. It's nice to give it to a a pizza yeah. delivery lady. She's she's probably not. You know, she's not wealthy. No. If she's delivering pizza, no. so she can use it for sure. Certainly. And I don't begrudge it. it. Begrudge it her. But you know, we people need to be thoughtful about their generosity. I think so too. Anyway, because I mean, they also kind of. I mean, this was the Russian roulette of generosity as well. Because I mean. They they just as easily could have had a crackhead come in, yeah, you know, or somebody who's all methed up. Oh, how great would you know, it have been if somebody had been like, "Oh, hail Satan! I needed this so badly." <laughs> oh, hail Satan! Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, boy, let me tell you something. That Lucifer works in mysterious ways because I did not see it coming from a church. Boo! <laughs> Boo! They're like, we're taking that back. You can't have it. <laughs> Give us back our money. Stop. Stop recording, everyone. <laughs> Wait, c- cancel. Cancel. Nope. You already <laughs> gave it to me. Oh, it's live to you. No take backs. Oh, shit. No take backs. Oh, boy. Anyway. <clears throat> all right. Well, I'm going to move on to India. 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 Uh, land of the former home of one Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah. Not my mother. <laughs> Hashtag not my mother. <laughs> Thank uh, God. Right? Yeah. Um, apparently, w- one of the uh, organizations that Mother Teresa did start, um, 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 called the Missionaries of Charity. Uh-oh. What evil things do they do? Uh, well, one of the things that they that they do or have done is adoption services. Oh. So that's nice. That's good. Uh, they don't do that anymore, though. Oh. Okay. They have uh, apparently sought derecognition. From the Central Adoption Resource Authority, because uh, <laughs> now they would be forced. There are new guidelines uh, apparently that uh, would allow single, separated, or divorced individuals to adopt children. Terrible. They just just won't terrible. Hear of it, and do you want those to know- children should not ever have to deal with. Uh, uh, being in a loving home <laughs> with where there might be somebody who was divorced. Right. Just horrible. One person raising a child? Awful. Can't be done. Care for them individually, provide for them. This Can't. is the worst thing I can imagine ever right, happening. Right, right, right. Better they should stay in the orphanage. Absolutely. Better they should stay in the... Now, it, it, in fairness to them, they had good reason for this. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll read a quote. Please. Um... This is from uh, Sister Amala, the head nun at the missionary's home uh, in North Delhi. Uh The new guidelines hurt our conscience. They are certainly not for religious people like us. What if the single parent who we give our baby to turns out to be gay or lesbian? What what security or moral upbringing will these children get? Our rules only allow married couples to adopt. Yeah, because nothing's ever gone wrong. No, straight with a, with a married couples being raised with a straight married couple are are good people. Yeah. And divorced gay people are bad people. Not fit for raising children. No, absolutely in, not. In no circumstance ever. Yeah. It's awful. Oh, they're poor little consciences. Those poor oh. poor ladies. It really is sad. Really I, I'm I'm glad they're protecting their consciences. Yeah. They're thinking of their consciences first before they think of the children. And I think that's well, that's the right thing to do. They think they're thinking of the children, I think. I think it's clear <laughs> that they they think that yeah, better oh. to be in a better to be in an orphanage than a oh. than a loving that, home with queers all that around. That sounds exactly like Mother Teresa. Uh-huh. I'm glad. Yeah. Good. So there you go. Continuing the fine work. (laughs) Hey, Dan. Yo. Are you in the market for a gun? 
Sure, always. I've got a gun store for you. Ooh. Uh, if you find yourself in Kingston, Tennessee anytime soon. Seems likely. Uh, you can uh, waltz into the Frontier Firearms. Okay. And uh, announce that you're a Christian, and you'll get 5% off your next <laughs> gun, gun purchase. Well... Uh, I like the waltzing idea. <laughs> that That's fun for the, me. They might not give they, you the 5% discount. <laughs> if you waltz. If you waltzed in. <laughs> um, no. Uh, of course they give a Christian discount. In of the, in the aftermath of uh, the Oregon shooting, mm. the mass shooting in Oregon, um, Brant Williams, the owner of Frontier Firearms, decided that if Christians are going to be targeted, quote, mm. we need to protect ourselves. The yeah. best way to protect yourself is with the best weapon available. And that happens to be a handgun. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give him that because I tried to protect myself with one of those slingshots one time. Just, oh, yeah? Just takes too long. You load it and then <laughs> they're not good at point blank <laughs> range. It's just... Uh, yeah. Oh, my so God. Well, he's, he's definitely, uh, yeah. I don't remember if you and Mark talked about this, but it looks like, did you, did you read about this, that, 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 that gunman in Oregon probably wasn't actually targeting Christians? Um, I know it's only sort of at this point been alleged. Well, no, I don't think it's apparently he, I mean, witnesses all sort of concur that he was calling that he was asking people what their religion was and then he would shoot them. Yeah. But then the key is what he said right after that. Right. Where he would say, I'll meet, I'll see you in heaven. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's not targeting Christians. That's just like, Hey, you'll be all right. You're going to heaven. Kaboom. Yeah, that's the opposite of targeting Christians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it, it was. But thank God, all this you guy... have to do is say he was asking what your religion was, right. and, and then the media ran with that because sure. that's what I heard initially. Yeah, while it was still like breaking news. Yeah, and uh, and then as people, you know, got more information, but by the time more information comes out, the story isn't it's the, the breaking news anymore. Right. Yeah. People don't care. Yeah. You don't ever hear the, the narrative's been created. Dateline correction. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. We have a correction. It's slightly different. The story that we told before is a little bit different. No, they don't do that. No. No. Yeah. But now, okay, go get your guns, everybody. Woohoo! Matter of fact, here's, here's what, what I will encourage. If you're going to go buy a gun, uh, go ask if, they have a, if the gun store near you offers a Christian discount. How about a Muslim <laughs> um, I'm a Muslim. Do you have a discount have for a, Muslim? A discount. Oh, I want to go into that store, the Christian store, and be like, hey, uh, equal time here. I'm Muslim. What do you got? <laughs> What's it? I, I assume there's a discount I for, need a gun. for all the Abrahamic religions. Is I assume that there's, <laughs> I don't expect the full 5%, but 3% would be nice. Yeah. I'll be buying a lot of guns. I'm going to blow things up. No, Dan. Oh, okay. It's just for defense, you know, because when they come... When they come after you mm-hmm. for being a believer, yeah. you have to have defense. Boy, and, defend yourself, and these man. Christians whip themselves up into such a frenzy over people are coming for them. Well, that ever happened to just being a martyr? Well, right? Just, just be killed. Yeah. That's your job. That's what the early Christians did. Yeah. Did you see them yeah. walking into uh, gun stores? No. There was not a single Christian in, like, in, in ancient Roman times with gun, gun stores they didn't they would I not they, they refused do it they positively refused to buy a gun <laughs> stupid it's really stupid uh <laughs> moving on um when i was in uh france uh just a few weeks ago just last mm, week mm-hmm. I, I i went into a a cath a catholic cathedral yeah, lovely cathedral. They have those. They have many, many, many of them, and eventually, yeah. it, you know, they all blur together, and you're like, "Oh, look, this one's also tall, made of stone, and and musty, and beautiful." Yeah. Anyway, this one had this amazing alcove that had reliquaries. I love relics of all of these different saints. It was really great. You, if you, you had to put in, if you wanted to see well, <laughs> you had to put your two euro coin in. For if you well, depending on how much time you're willing to spend, you could put one euro coin in for some light. But in order for it to light up, you have to pay. Anywho, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, these are all, of course, uh, a relic is 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 a is the bones or a, or a bit of a body mm-hmm. of uh, of a saint. 
Yeah. Or a, yeah. And they're, they're imbued with magical powers, right? Yeah. You can pray to them and, hmm. you know, your, your IBS will stop or whatever. I'm not sure how it works exactly, but <laughs> it's, a, it's all right, it's, right there on the spot. It's all very magical. You, uh... um, well, that kind of magic came recently to a, a small church in suburban Chicago. Oh, shit. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the remains of Maria Goretti. Uh, Who's that? She was. She's like one of the youngest saints ever. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, she was. She died at eleven years old. Oh my! Um, she, no, her story is pretty tragic. She was someone attempted. This was only in 1902 that this happened. Someone attempted to uh, rape her, and in so doing, stabbed her many a time. Oh, yeah, not a good thing. Um, but she is a saint in large part because uh, on her deathbed she said that she. Forgived the guy and wanted to see him with her in heaven. Hoped that he would repent. And then there were two miracles surrounding her somehow. Right, yeah. I mean, people prayed to her and, you know, their IBS cleared up or whatever. Anyway, right. the uh, so she became a saint. Her, Are there relics of her? She's her, so new. Her whole skeleton is now encased in a oh, wax sculpture. Oh, my God. <laughs> and is, uh, is, is apparently on tour. Oh my god! <laughs> that is just what? How can they? How? How do they continue to do this? I mean, I get when like you have an old church. Yeah, you think about it. And like they, in they, the they claim that they have the finger of Saint Thomas. Right, right, right. And it's like okay. And there's 22 of them out there, so it's you like, have a lot of fingers. It's like, whatever. But but yeah, no. This is this is her entire skeleton. Encased in a wax statue, oh. in a wax, uh, yeah. Oh. It's like the it's like the creepiest Madame Tussauds exhibit that has ever existed. Yeah, G going around in a glass coffin. Oh, <laughs> oh, they are they are a morbid crowd. These uh, these Catholics, I'll tell I, you what. I just don't know how it's officially part of the religion. That uh, has official space, right? Oh yeah, like because it, yeah, it's just disgusting, <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. No, like none. Oh, not that, not that the rest of it makes shocking sense. that a religion no, would know, have a thing that like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is disgusted. That's just awful. So where is it going? Are we on the tour? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. It's not coming to Salt Lake. I, I, I think that maybe coast to coast tour. <laughs> the Catholics might, uh, might not make it here. Oh, I saw a brand new Catholic church out on Redwood Road yesterday. Oh yeah, that was, it's gorgeous. Oh cool, really nice. We should really check beautiful it out. architecture. Um, brand new. They're still f putting the finishing touches on it. I oh was, good, but nice. You know, like concrete and wood and mm. just oh i know this I, that wasn't just, i thought that opened a while ago or, or it looked like there was work happening oh, so okay. maybe uh maybe it was repairs i don't know oh, okay but it, it definitely there was something going on there you go and it looked all shiny and new so i just assumed but anyway all right dan yeah there is a trend in this country right now cool and this is gonna you know take, me i'm all about the trend it's gonna take a minute to tie in okay but uh it's a trend. Uh, a lot of our cities are starting to do protected bike lanes. Sure. Including our first city. In, including Salt Lake City. And if you do not know what a protected bike lane is, it's where they sort of reconfigure sort of the traditional layout of the road where you have sidewalk and then immediately adjacent to the sidewalk, you have some parking and then you have lanes a little lane. You have lanes of traffic. But before you get to the lanes of traffic, there'll be like a little strip that's been painted out for oh, okay. the bike lane yeah yeah right and there's a lot of problems with that one obviously the bikes are you know in the mix out with the traffic it's right. dangerous uh car doors open and they get by uh, cyclists get doored yeah right um and so someone somewhere probably in copenhagen came up with the idea of sort of doing it a little differently right doing sidewalk then a lane for the bikes that right. has a nice curbing on both sides and space, right? Right before you then have and lots nice wide space often. At least yeah. in Salt Lake, they're really nice and wide. Um, and uh, and then you have your parking 
and then you have your traffic. Right. So the traffic would have to go through parked cars to get anywhere near the bikes. Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. And the little curb between the, the, the parked cars and the bikes is wide enough that the door, you, you really can't door the cyclist. Right. I've um, been trying, but it's hard. <laughs> and, you know, let's face it, sadly, there are fewer people coming out the passenger side then yeah. come out of the driver's right, side. Right, right, right. So the driver's and side. And so the likelihood of being doored is lower. Is a lot lower anyway. But so this is happening, right? Yes. And wherever they happen, there's initial pushback. Right. Because you often lose a lane of traffic. Yeah. Or you lose a little bit of parking or, or, or a whatever. Lot of parking. <laughs> or a lot of parking. Depends. Depends. There are ways to mitigate all of this. Right. But uh but anywho, but they've seen great great results uh here in salt lake the retail along one of the the protected bike lanes is up 30 percent is it yeah oh good or some high percentage i can't remember what it was but it, it's markedly there's more foot traffic there's oh it was a 30 percent increase in in cycling on that street mm -hmm. uh so the cyclists feel safer in these yeah. lanes um but the but the retail has seen an uptick um because there's more foot traffic okay um, people enjoy walking along these streets more because the traffic isn't quite as intense uh, because traffic gets slowed as well. Anyway, now here comes the tie-in. So DC is working on uh, a bike protected bike lane proposal that goes near the United House of Prayer. Oh. Uh, which is located in the 600 block of M Street, Northwest. And... Yeah, the city's open to suggestions still, and they're sure. they're you know they're just trying to figure it out where are we can have some problems, whatever. Well, the um, this church is saying that the bike lane would infringe upon its constitutional right of religious freedom. <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, because they have a right because uh, of I don't know what <laughs> the parking, Dan. Parking while well, the street is configured for parallel parking on Sundays when they have a lot of uh, traffic coming to the church. The city has been kind enough to let them do diagonal parking. Oh. Just on Sundays. They kind of look the other way. And this, because the bike lanes are wide in this kind of configuration, they are losing um, a lane of traffic and they can't, they just won't have the space right to do this diagonal parking anymore so that i mean thinking about it there's so they're probably still going to have on street parking it's just it's just going to be parallel it'll be parallel yeah so they're losing maybe four parking spaces i don't know eight i don't know what the block <laughs> looks like but they're losing some space okay right and they're just fucking pissed off they've hired a um an attorney of course they have who has written up a letter a strongly worded letter mm -hmm. in defense of this church's constitutional right, right. for parking. For parking. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. As you, this is from the letter. As you know, bicycles have freely and safely traversed the District of Columbia throughout the 90-year history of the United House of Prayer. <laughs> Without any protected bicycle lanes and without infringing in the least on the United House of Prayer's religious rights. Religious rights. More importantly, as discussed at various points with DDOT, uh, there is another alternative that would simply entail altering the proposed bike lanes route by one block. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Why can't uh, you just go around our church, which is very important and much more important than anything else? Yeah, and being non-contributing uh, members. Yeah, non-taxpayers. Non-taxpayers. But it's their religious right. It's their religious right to not pay taxes. And their religious right to have parking. They don't Absolutely. Have, they don't have to... How dare you? Rules don't apply. What about our privilege? Our parking. What about our religious... <laughs> Privilege. <laughs> oh, but they went straight for the the religious freedom. That's so part. amazing. It, it, it's it's like they don't it's nobody like nobody likes these things when they're first proposed, except for the cyclists, right? Right. All the business owners and everybody gets all fucking weirded out by a protected bike lane. Yeah, our 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 mayor might lose uh, his seat 
In part because a lot of people are still grumpy about the bike lanes. Not the people along 300 South. Those retailers love them. Yeah, I, I know a guy who's who who said that he, that that Becker lost his vote just because he he ruined Third South. He ruined it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, totally off the topic there's also a very strange billboard up that says vote uh bring back the jazz festival vote for jackie <laughs> it's like these are the issues yeah salt yeah. lake city it's so uh, man there's, we have some serious problems in this city like the jazz festival the jazz festival where did that and, go and these bike lanes it's just terrible. Well, there just you go. problems galore. Yeah. Well, if your religious freedoms are being infringed upon by a jazz festival or a bike lane, <laughs> uh, you can feel free to write in and tell us all about it. Uh, the The address would be podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call mm. and leave a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, do that. Uh, go to the Facebook page, will you, kids? It's facebook.com slash Atheist. Or also on Facebook, you can uh, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge yeah. and request to join. Dan yeah. will, uh, now that he's back. Now that I'm back, I, I did it. I, you know, I did a, a sweep once while I was gone, but it's, there's like a two-week turnaround at least on this thing right now. Oh, folks. Uh, I warned you. Yeah. On the last couple episodes. Yeah, it's, so, it's uh, tricky, but I'm getting to it. Don't worry. <laughs> so go ahead and click to join, and sooner or later... Someday. You might actually get in. You'll, yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. This is Glenn Beck. He had some predictions a few years ago. Yes, a couple of years is, ago. This, so this is from a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, and but, he, he was predicting what would happen now. Yeah. So, and I think he nailed it. Oh. I don't know about you, Frank. He is a real true seer he's a regular he's nostradamus a this yes. guy <laughs> indeed i think a year from now definitely two most of americans are going to be working part-time there will be some imf global tax that will add an extra 10 percent on everything and people like me will be out of business And the people that have done favors for this government will be in business. And they'll be fine. And we'll be the little worker bees. And they will test your children and train them from the very beginning to work for the corporation. But those at the top of the food chain, they'll also have the Google glasses. And they'll be able to, because of the singularity, according to Ray Kurzweil, this isn't science fiction. This is science fact. The London Times just ripped me apart saying, oh, Glenn Beck's afraid of the Terminator. No, I'm not afraid of the Terminator. Read The Singularity is Near by Ray Kurzweil, you pieces of garbage. You people in the press, open your damn eyes. See the future that is just on the horizon. Read Ray Kurzweil. The Singularity is Near. It's not a movie. It's real. And they're telling me right now, don't worry, Glenn. Everybody's going to be able to have the Google glasses. Everybody's going to be able to upload the information and enhance their intelligence. Really? How are you going to do that? Well, we're going to make it so cheap. Really? How are you going to do that? Oh. <laughs> the man just goes off the rails. Oh, my all God. Time. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what he was right about. I still don't have the Google glasses. Oh, Do you have the Google glasses? I don't have the Google Google glasses. Just, we're man, that guy. <laughs> he is. Your pieces of garbage. Yeah. And where's this part time stuff? I like that prediction. He says it like like it's going to be a bad like thing. Like it's a bad. Yes. Yeah. So did you see that Sweden just switched to a six hour workday? Oh my god. Because <laughs> it's apparently because the data show that it's better for everybody. Yeah. Including the company. Ah. Oh. Oh, my God. Anyway. That, uh, what the fuck? He started out so mellow. <laughs> when? In, in the, the, the clip? Yeah. He's just, and then we're all going to be, you know, one right. part-time. And 
there's going to be extra taxes on us. And you pieces of garbage! <laughs> <laughs> Dude is nutso. All right. Uh, we did have some folks write into us. Oh, good. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're kind messages, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd uh, read some of those. Oh, yeah, let's do Um Let me just pull those up here. Hi, guys, says Anna. Writing in to vent a bit. Not at you guys, but it's something I hope others can resonate with. Okay. A week ago, I was the pedestrian in a pedestrian vehicle accident. Oh, no. Yikes. Sorry about that. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Fortunately, I'm not dead. That's good. Uh, I did spend a fair amount of time in the ER and a few days couldn't move and, and for a few days couldn't move to the point that my family came in from out of town to help me out. Oh, my God. I feel compelled to add here that I love my family and am very grateful that they were able to be here to help me. I am, however, a closeted atheist in a family of evangelical extremists. Oh, no. I generally avoid bringing up the topic entirely, uh, and I'm pretty sure they just consider me a lost sheep who needs to to come back to Jesus. I'm venting because since the initial ambulance ride, there's been an onslaught of comments from complete strangers, family, and everyone in between about how God kept me safe how I have a guardian angel, and how they are praying for me. Oh, nice. My sister even prays for my specific injured body parts each morning and asks God <laughs> to touch them. <laughs> no, I, you don't know. Maybe getting touched by God in your body parts can be nice. I don't know. Mary seemed to like it. <laughs> Boom. For the most part, uh, for, for most of the past week, I've been l- holding in all my comments. With my family, it's out of respect. Religion is huge for them. I doubt any of them have ever considered their own identities without God in the center. And it's my personal decision not to have this confrontation with them yet. Uh, um, yeah. For strangers, I find the topic more interesting. I don't get much pleasure out of being rude to other humans, and I understand that a lot of people need religion, especially to explain things that are out of their control. But I'm wondering if either of you or other listeners have dealt with anything similar before. I don't think there is any significance in the fact that I didn't die other than the physics of the situation. Hmm. Can you think of any polite ways to converse with religious humans about the chance uh, or about chance uh, other than shrugging and mumbling? Yeah, something like that. When someone says, wow, God must have a plan for you. (laughs) Uh, A plan to be struck by a car. But yeah. then he intervened. Let me tell you something, Anna. You've got the shittiest guardian angel of all time. Yeah. Like, my guardian angel has made sure that I've never been hit by a car. <laughs> so, like, that's score one for my guardian angel, <laughs> and yours is... Yeah, he was, like, asleep on the job. Really, really asleep on the job. Um, well, thanks for writing in. Yeah, I, I don't know. How do you handle that when... I get, like, not wanting to shake shake things up with your family, but, like, especially if you're in a hospital, I hear this all the time. You know, we hear from listeners who are talking about, you know, they're in the hospital, and then, you know, some random do- dipshit comes in and, like, talks to you about Jesus. Yeah. How do you handle that? Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean... mean I- you know, if you're up for it, if it's and and you're bored, which I imagine hospital time is like boring, boring, boring. Yeah, but you if could it's start a conversation. Like stuff that you find annoying, annoying, annoying. Right. Yeah, you know. Right. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, maybe in some cases, and probably not in most, because people who come to preach at you aren't there to listen. No, they're there to to spout. But every now and then, you might be able to talk somebody and, you know, have an interesting conversation with them about how it feels to you uh, to be there and to not believe. And yeah. and how it feels when they come in and assume that you do believe. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe you can dissuade them from going door to door thumping Bibles. Blech. I'm not sure you can. But, I mean, maybe you can have an interesting, kind conversation. Well, and isn't this conversation, though, really about her family? Well, she, I mean, she, she there's nothing she can do about her family. If she's not ready to come out to them, if, she, yeah, if she's that's... making the choice to, to not make waves, then that's that. Her, her question was much more about, like, yeah, strangers. Okay. Yeah, especially if nurses are coming in and they're talking to you about Jesus. Oh, Boy, shut the nurse down. Yeah, I would be. If, like it's a no hosp- if, it's, if it's a hospital worker, I would be like, A... Don't ever say any Jesus-y stuff to me. If yeah. you want to pray for me, fine. Do it outside. Do it wherever in your own time. That's I don't care, but right. don't bring it in here. 
and don't and don't allow anybody to come in who's just going to preach at me. Right. That's I mean that that's a reasonable thing to say. And then yeah. uh, and then they'll tell on you to your family. I'm just kidding. I don't know. If they they better not. What about all this like uh, confidentiality and crap? HIPAA. Yeah. Does HIPAA apply to Jesus? Better. It better. Hello, fellas. Uh, says uh, Kyle. Uh, very recent listener here. Uh, ju- I just started with your 200th episode, so it's more like Frank and Mark to me instead of Frank and Dan. <laughs> Great. Um, but I just wanted to go ahead and disagree with your assessment of the worthwhileness of Facebook confrontations. Ah. I have been... Uh, now, now, you want to... So, g- you... Yeah. So, Mark and I, in response to a listener's question about how to uh, how to talk on, on Facebook, like, she really wanted to, like start talking politics and whatnot mm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she, but she was a little concerned about, you know, the reaction and she'd been getting some, some reaction from family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we were, we kind of were like, you know, I mean, if you're really trying to like have a conversation with someone, you might just want to take it offline. That's, that's usually where you're going to have the, the most effective conversations rather than this, you know, Facebook place where intentions can be misunderstood mm. All that kind of stuff. This coming from two men who don't go on Facebook ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we prefer to do things offline, <laughs> which is why we had the advice. Right. So Kyle has this to say. Um, I disagree with you on your assessment. Uh, I have a, a, I've been rather proactive of late in regards to lobbing grenades at woo mm-hmm. and spearing and various other nonsense, mostly from my Arkansas friends. Mm-hmm. Very closed-minded mentalities distress me on a daily basis, so I figure it's a small part that I can do to introduce some rationality into people's circles. And I go after the information contained, not the people, which doesn't necessarily mean that they will do the same, but oh well. I have had several beneficial conversations from rattling some cages and even sent a few friend requests after a heated, respectful debate cooled down. I always think about friends of friends who might just be watching the topics unfold on their various devices and perhaps getting introduced to some new perspective or some or new idea that they've never considered. Then that person may go out and meet someone in their lives with similar ideas to mine and not think less of them instantly because they've heard the perspectives before. I know it sounds like the exception and not the rule, but I feel it's a duty to be very proactive socially, and my main method is Facebook. So that's an, that's, here's the thing. I'm going I'm, to I'm not going to side entirely with Kyle, uh-huh. but I am going to side with him uh, on this point. And that is that I think Facebook is an excellent place to have uh, to to ex- to explore these conversations. And I also side with him on the idea that there's a bit of a duty mm-hmm. not to let things just go unchecked. Right. Um you have well, to gauge but, this for yourself, yeah. but I have I have had great success in um, in getting myself blocked by uh-huh. people. No, I'm just kidding. I've had great success in uh, in actually gently asking questions of of people mm-hmm. who uh, and I I don't like the idea of a heated uh, debate. You get if you get heated on Facebook, everybody shuts down. Right. Everybody just starts screaming and nobody is listening. But if you can, but if you can be uh, careful, mm-hmm. and if you can be earnest, right, uh, you can actually make some very interesting headway. And I've had friends who have stopped posting, right, like really nutty stuff, right, because uh, because I've been because I don't let it go unanswered, right. I make sure that there's a that, that there's a, a another viewpoint that's presented sure. every time. Um, I, I, going back to what the caller was was asking or the emailer i can't remember mm. which one it was i now remember the details of it it was specifically about the world conference of families oh yeah she wanted to sort of start really preaching about that to her mormon family sure and uh and so our advice was you know they're kind of a butt clenching group that will <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they they're they're you they're, know they get defensive very 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 quickly right and so they're very sensitive it, it, it might be uh might be best to with something so specific and that hasn't been your mo is being very political on your facebook then maybe just you know tread well, lightly tread light I, I i i say don't tread i just say be advised 
in your treading. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, Kyle, for for your perspective. Hmm. And Nate wrote in. Uh, Nate has written in before to t- ask our advice about uh, coming out to his parents. He's a oh, youngin. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Who uh, who was trying to come out uh, as as was he the one that was trying to come out as both gay and atheist or just atheist? I, I don't remember. I can't remember. Sorry, Nate. Uh, the details. You're very important to us, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, he says, hey, Frank and Dan, just wanted to write and let you guys know how my coming out went with my parents. I sent them an email and they called after they called after they read it. They were very accepting. They didn't try to convert me or demand my reasons so they could dispute them. They just wanted to be sure that I still wanted to be part of the family and that I had and that I have some moral standard. I think it helped that my dad was there to calm my mom down this time. Last time I tried tried to come out to her. She didn't take it so well. And in hindsight, it would have helped to have if my dad had been around. He was in prison at the time. Uh, he w- he's always been the more reasonable one, and he did most of the talking on the other end. Anyway, I just wanted to update you guys on the situation, and thank you for the podcast, the wonderful advice, and for setting up the Members Only Lounge, which provided a major source of support for me. Fantastic. So, good job. I'm very glad that that went... That that went as well as it did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there were probably still some bumps in the road ahead for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, be aware of that. It's not over just because that part went well, but uh, but it's not. But you cleared the major hurdle. So good job. Mm-hmm. We're very uh, we're very happy for you. Yeah. So Franklin, we have a voicemail. We have a voicemail. Yeah, this is in response to. Uh, something that we said, uh, a story I think that you did, Dan, about the uh, Canada Post, or maybe I did it, I can't remember, but mm. you said something about the, the, po- the, the mail carriers in Canada. No, I just said that Canada Post, as an organization, <laughs> isn't always the promptest way to get something from point A to point B. Well, <laughs> someone had, a <laughs> so, caller, a listener had something to say about yeah. that. Frank, Dan, uh, this is Rick from uh, the Great White North. I just finished listening to uh, one of your podcasts, and I'm uh, frankly concerned concerned for your safety. I mean, it is one thing to piss off the Mormons. Uh, it's one thing to piss off the fundamentalist Christians. It's another thing to piss off ISIS. But now you've gone too far. The Canadian Post Office... The Canadian Post Office, I'll have you know, I am a letter carrier. Actually, we're called delivery agents now. Thank you very much. And I really took uh, took exception to your claim that we are slow. Slow? You think we're slow? Okay. If we're slow, when we're slow, it's, do you know what the weather is like up here? It snows every fucking day. Okay? It snows all the goddamn time. What do you expect? At least we get it delivered. It gets there eventually. Jesus Christ. I had this vision of just like an army of delivery agents just trudging through the snow on their way to Utah to kick your ass. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, all kidding aside, the uh, flyer, it's actually a flyer that you're talking about, the abortion thing. It's a flyer. Um, and it's kind of funny. It's not funny. It's graphic. It is super graphic. And uh, they make a claim that Justin Trudeau uh, believes in abortion right up to the point of birth, right into nine months. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. And I came across it on my route. I didn't deliver it. Someone else delivered it. And I was thinking, you know, how passionate can these guys be that they started delivering and then they realized, holy shit, man, this is a lot of freaking work. Let's Let's just get Canada Post to do it. Anyway, love your show. Be well, guys. Bye. There you go. An angry <laughs> postal carrier. Don't, don't go on postal. <laughs> Even the Canadian. Even the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you get your army together, and as soon as you get to my door, I'll just tell you you're being rude, and you'll apologize and leave. <laughs> I know Canadians. <laughs> Oh, silliness. Anyway, uh, thanks for the call there. Yeah. Um, Give us, uh, we we got a good chuckle out of that. So thank you. <laughs> uh, 
do we have some donors to thank? We do have some donors. Uh, let me pull them up real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to remind our listeners uh, that we have we've we've had some switches of late. Some some mm-hmm. we've we've had to move things around. So so uh, for those of you who who might be considering donation uh, but haven't done it yet, uh, we're going to we're on Patreon now. That's yes. that's where you need to look for us. It's patreon.com slash what? TGI Atheist. Slash TGI Atheist. Yep. Uh, we're pretty easy to find. Uh, yeah. And uh, and that's where you can go and, yeah, check us out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've all we've got all sorts of different levels and, and, and whatnot that you can uh, uh, pledge your support at. And uh, so we, we really do appreciate it. Uh, let's see. I think I have this right. I think I'm starting at the right spot in the list. Okay. Uh, so let's thank Brandon, Skyler, Dave, Stephen, and Brian. Awesome uh, for their for their support uh, for for joining up and uh, yeah. The way that this works is it's a per episode donation now. Yeah. You only yeah. get charged once a month. Uh, it doesn't charge you every time that happens. Thank God because they've got. Uh, uh credit card fees yeah <laughs> and so just once a month and it uh it, it saves us a lot of a lot of money um but um but yeah you guys uh you sign up it it automatically tracks when we drop mm-hmm. an episode and uh you guys are and and you guys become a part of making this show uh what it is and and again we have we had designs on on some big improvements. We still have designs on that, but uh, unfortunately, because things sort of blew up with our other campaign, we yeah. we weren't able to get to it. So we're hoping that you guys can help us get pushed through to get this uh, to get us even better. Yeah, all we want to be is even better. Is yeah. that okay for? Is that okay with you guys? If we do a better <laughs> show. Is that fine? <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> all right. So, well, Dan. Yes. Um, it's an anniversary. It is an anniversary. It's a it's an anniversary that people, uh, some of our listeners might be might have been around mm. and knew about this when it happened thirty years ago. Yeah. Um, but we it is the thirtieth anniversary of m- the whole Mark Hoffman nonsense. Right. Uh, this month, right? Is when was, is it the anniversary of the 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 murders? It is the anniversary of of like a conviction, or I don't, I'm not even sure. Um, let's see. No, on October 15, 1985, he f- he, he killed. killed the first person yeah. in his little his little murdering spree. Uh, so backing up, yeah, we're, who is this guy? Who we're is a little Mark, ahead of ourselves. Who is Mark Hoffman? Who One is- Mark William Hoffman. Mm. Uh, he he was an interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. M- Mormon. Yes, uh, 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 an LDS fella. Yes, um, who uh, who became a uh, a forger. He uh, he, and and one of the most successful forgers, basically of all time. Um, he started uh, he started off by uh, creating a a document. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was that he was selling to the Mormon Church that he approached the Mormon Church about selling, um, which he claimed he was folded up in inside a seventeenth century King James Bible. Right, and uh, this was this was meant to be a, uh, a a document that Joseph Smith uh, that Martin Harris had presented to uh, a guy named Charles Anthon. Um, who was a Columbia professor, uh, a classics professor, um, or, or a con- Columbia classics professor? I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, he so so like he purported this purported to be one of Joseph Smith's documents, that, right? And it was like in uh, like the little hieroglyphic, right, right. stuff that that it, Joseph Smith claimed that the Book of Mormon, this reformed Egyptian, right, right. Joseph so Smith was, claimed that he he was translating the Book of Mormon from a an ancient Egyptian style right. hieroglyphic. And uh, Lang- th- that's what the language. Nephites had written the, the Book of Mormon right. in. It was right, a right, reformed right. Egyptian, right? Uh, and uh, 
So anywho. So Hoffman forged that thing. He got paid. The the, the church didn't really want it out and about. Uh, mm-hmm. So so they paid him $20,000 for it. And a new career was born. Yeah. Um, he ended up doing a lot of a bunch of different forgeries. Uh, it kind of spiraled a little bit out of control. But the most famous of his forgeries mm-hmm. was a letter purportedly uh, written by Martin Harris, who was Joseph Smith's kind of right-hand man guy. Um that presented a different version of Joe Smith's story of his of how he found the the golden plates. Right. Uh, he he. So the church at that time had a very one solid version that that was the official version of how that happened. Right. Uh, we now know that there are many versions that Joseph Smith himself actually wrote that differ from each other in fairly significant ways. Right. None of them this significant, though. This one says that it, that he was told where the plates were by a white salamander. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that, that got a few people at the church kind of uh, uh, concerned, mm-hmm. you might say. Yeah. Uh, one of those people was uh, Gordon B. Hinckley. Sure. You might recognize the name. Uh, he was in the first presidency at the time, back in 1980, I think is when this was going down. Uh, and uh, But he ended up being the actual prophet and president of the church later, later on. Sure. Uh, and was a much beloved figure mm. In, mm. In, 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 in the church higher-ups. The, Mo- the Mormon public just loved the man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, back in 1980, he was almost kind of an acting president of the church uh the 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 men who were uh well the prophet of the church at the time uh was uh spencer spencer w W. spencer w kimball and uh he was ailing and so so b hinckley was was was, the one who was was, the man he was out there and he he was responsible for the church and he got completely duped by this whole thing yeah oh the the salamander letter by the way appeared in 84 just oh it did yeah Okay. Uh, and here's the thing: the Mormon Church, they were panicked by these by by all of these uh, new documents that were coming out. But they were acknowledging them, like right. they believed these things. They were authenticating them. Uh-huh. Their own people were authenticating them, and 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 you know they were good enough forgeries that they that they believed them. So I mean, they were they were already in like damage control mode. Uh, there's there's stories of Dallin Oaks, who's one of the apostles of the LDS Church, still mm-hmm. to this day. Right. Um, he's like 4,000 years old. I'm pretty sure that he's a, the crypt keeper at this point. But he um, <laughs> he asserted, he said, he like went to Mormon educators and were like, was like trying to do all this damage control. Like, this, well, white salamander, that could be considered like, you know, a mythical being sort of, it, mm. it doesn't have, it's the same as an angel. Let's just say this. It's the same as an angel. It's the same thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, things, yeah, you got a little, you got a little goofy yeah. there for a while. Well, and there was another thing that he came forward with, uh, which I, the, the, the salamander letter is the, sort of the one that is like, that's the one that, that everybody remembers. Yeah. There, there was this other one that I hadn't really ever heard about, which, um, sort of contradicted the, the church, the church's, uh, line of succession sort of the, the Oh setup. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was supposed, who was who did Joseph Smith want to succeed him as the the, the president and prophet? Right, right. and um, and the the Brighamites, of course, have always, the, which is mainstream Mormons. Right, um, they've always claimed that it was supposed to be the president of the well, the the, the most senior mm. uh, apostle. Right, right? and. But uh, but and and the restored the re- the, uh, re- the, 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 the reorganized reorganized thank Church you. of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day Saints, Saints. Now, now now known as the Community of Christ yes that's true um, they've always claimed that it was a uh, that it was supposed to go to Joseph Smith's son right and Joe the uh, third exactly yeah and so this sided with the RLDS. Right, and it was. He it, presented this whole. It was meant was to be letter. like the like this was meant to be the blessing where he actually like conferred this upon, wasn't it? No, I think it was uh, a letter um, that was. Oh, who was it? 
they it was it was sort of a, a witness it was sort of a, a, a second party to the whole thing but it would have been very well been yeah, i'm saying it provided it. It, it, but it but it, it like it had evidence that this blessing had occurred that the yes but like, it wasn't the blessing no well yeah that's what i'm saying okay yeah um anyway so anyway so that got the everybody in a little bit of a tizzy the 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 downtown the the, the mormon church said no we're not going to buy that one and so he goes to the RLDS and uh, got them going. And then I guess it kind of turned into this little bit of a fight as to who was going to end up with it. Right. Um, and so he was really, he was just stirring the pot. Like yeah. he knew just the buttons to push. And somehow everybody kept believing him when he, when he would come forward with yet another amazing discovery. Well, the thing is he, I mean, like he started a, a rare book uh, store uh-huh. and like he would claim that he had all of these all of these uh sort of spy like like a network of people who would who would seek out families that had mm. you know family heirlooms in their attic or whatever he, right, he claimed okay. that he had this whole he, he he had the town wired oh yeah the mormons he he was he, he had his finger in every pie no, not that he limited himself to that. He also like had sold uh, faked signatures of other famous people that weren't Mormons. Oh, yeah, George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, mm-hmm. Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what's what's really weird about this is that uh, none of it like he was he lived so lavish a lifestyle that even all of his forgeries couldn't support it. And eventually he started promising forgeries, uh, clear, claiming that he had forgeries that he didn't have so that people would give him money so that he could. Uh... <laughs> so he owed money all over town. He, oh, was, no. he, was, he was in a, a, a pickle. This man was sloppy. And, uh, and his pickle uh, ended up, uh, his, his way out of his pickle uh, was to blast his way out. Uh, and he ended up That's murdering a... two people with bombs. Oh, my God. And almost himself. He almost killed himself with a bomb as well. It, w- it blew up in his car. Yeah. Yeah, these were horrible little bombs. These were like, um, they they looked as as though they'd been left at, by a delivery service, right? Mm. And when people would pick them up, they would explode. Yeah. The first guy was, was sort of maimed and died in the hall. Mm. Um, and then uh, a, a woman... I forget what her relation was to the whole thing. She died instantly. Um, so, yeah, and you know these these were actually not really related to his forgeries. They they, they well, he, he was he, trying he, to throw the police off his track, right? Isn't that what, kind of what he was up to? Well, I think no. I think he owed them significant. Is that what it was? money? And, and he was trying to get out of it. Okay. Anyway, weird. St- the the main thing is, uh, yeah, he's in. He's in jail now. He's been caught for all of his uh, forgeries. I guess what's interesting about about this for me, it's almost a pose law issue. Uh huh. If you what he what he was capitalizing on because he wasn't trying to sell forged like American history documents or forged, you know gutenberg bibles or anything like that (laughs) right like he could have made more money if he had if he had come up with you know benjamin franklin's lost letter to something or whatever right except that he knew he could just write what the fuck ever he wanted on a piece of paper and as long as it had this religious thing attached to it it's believable yeah it's this crazy thing He, he well, he had the entire church believing that there that Joseph Smith got uh, had a vision of a salamander. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, he knew a the, talking salamander. He knew the right target. I mean, yeah. the, the Mormon Church has, and and the, the anybody who's been around long enough knows how cuckoo <laughs> the, the, the 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 founding story actually is, yeah. and how cuckoo Joseph Smith was, right. and and so it. it, it it's a messy history right right and so to to introduce to come along with some of these documents and introduce really wacky things it worked yeah you You know you can't go cuckoo enough for it to be for it to seem unreasonable right and you have people who are charged with with 
you know, being one step away from God. Right. Who are being duped into this whole thing. Right, exactly. Like these, these are the men who are supposed to know more about the faith and more about, you know, the whole thing. And they've got magic powers. And they have magic power. They've yeah. got the magic power of discernment. Ooh. It's a priest. That, I mean, that that's a specific priesthood power know, that you're meant I, to I have. Know, I know I had it. It was <laughs> amazing. You could discern anything. I could discern. I was a really good discerner. You would discern the fuck I out of I would not whatever. have been taken by this whole thing. <laughs> you're like, well, that does look like old paper. So, yeah. but wait, my spidey discernment sense is telling me something's not right. You took that out of another old book, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that was apparently that was one of his things is that he would like go to the library and mm -hmm. check out really old books that are from the correct time period and just mm -hmm. rip out that last page. Right. It was just chilling. I wasn't doing anything. Just blank. Might as well use it for something. Yeah, why you why you throw why are you leaving blank pages in the books? Oh, I'm taking it. <laughs> that's that's forgery material right there. Oh my God! Anyway, uh, there you go. It, it, it's uh, you. Once the duping begins, you know Joseph Smith started it, and uh, and they're vulnerable to this day. Well, and that was I read an article in the Tribune earlier this week um, that, that was talking Salt Lake about Tribune. yeah the Salt Lake Tribune uh, that was talking about how they've what they've been doing to try to like never get duped like this again. Uh -huh. And part of it has been an effort to just kind of have more of the history out there. Oh. You know, like the Joseph yeah. let, uh, papers or whatever, that big multi-volume, you know, mm -hmm. uh, book that's 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 come out. So that people can actually, like, so that it's out there. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and if you, because it's a lot harder to, like, come along with a wacky story um yeah if, if you're an open organization you're not going to get all weirded out about this this weird little letter right that you might want to tuck away yeah right because no your policy is to be open how do you how do you dupe that organization into that right you know now granted they're still a little weird about their history i mean yeah anyway they're just they're just weird uh it but it is i mean it's just it's that thing of uh once you start believing nonsense yeah, hard to know where to draw that line. <laughs> anyway, if you guys have any uh, anything that you'd like to say to us, any comments you'd like to make about on all of this that we've that we've been spouting off about, mm -hmm. uh, we're here for you. Just write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist dot com, or you can leave us a voicemail. The phone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yeah. That six 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 keeps all of the mm. Christians away. They can't. They can't Man, call us. They cry. <laughs> Their fingers would light on fire as they yeah. tried to dial. Oh my god! Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash tgi atheist, or also on Facebook you can search for the TGIA members only lounge. Sure can. Um, Request to join. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, if you want to be a part of making this uh, making this show. Uh, we sure appreciate some uh, patronage. Go to patreon.com slash Atheist and sign up. Yeah. Help, help out. Absolutely. It, it can be as little as a dollar an episode. Ah, amazing. That's it. Yeah, that's all you need. All anyway, right. uh, thanks so much uh, to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the, on the Facebook page. She's just a, a peach. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use their music. Yeah. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We sure appreciate it. Bye.